and everyone. Hey, thanks for tuning in. If this is your first time, welcome to the show. And if you're a repeat listener, welcome back. As you know, my name is Jeff Kwame. I'm the host and I'm the executive director of the Connecticut Certification Board. And on behalf of the board of directors and the staff at the CCB, I'd like to welcome you to this episode of Scope of Practice. Scope of Practice is sponsored by our friends at Mountainside Treatment Center in Canaan, Connecticut. Mountainside provides individualized clinical, medical, and wellness services to those struggling with substance use and mental health disorders. Each treatment plan is structured through collaboration with the client, their family, and healthcare professionals to offer every client their best chance at long-term recovery. Mountainside is proud to be the only rehabilitation center in the state to be accredited by both CARF International and the Joint Commission. Its residential program is one of three in the country that have earned dual accreditation, as well as a 3.7 level of care certification from the American Society of Addiction Medicine. This distinction recognizes its outcome-driven treatment programming, 24-7 nursing care, and comprehensive psychiatric services. Learn more about them at mountainside.com. So for today, we welcome back Kathy Moser. She's the founder and director of Music for Recovery. She's an award-winning songwriter and teaching artist with over 20 years experience in the mental health field. She founded Music for Recovery way back in 2009 to help people use music to develop recovery skills. And has served as faculty at the Rutgers Summer School of Addiction Studies, the Rutgers Arts and Prevention Program, the New England Institute of Addiction Studies, and as the arts and culture writer for Recovery Campus Magazine. She's also hosted a weekly podcast in Creativity and Recovery for City of Angels Recovery Radio. She holds certificates in arts and prevention, motivational interviewing, trauma-informed care, experiential therapy, psychodrama, and the Nurture Heart approach, as well as having a BS in music, business, and technology from NYU. She's given hundreds of songwriting workshops and concerts nationally. The over 700 songs created in Music for Recovery workshops have been streamed over 46,000 times by clients post-treatment. Music for Recovery is currently under contract with with Hackensack Meridian Health, Summit Oaks Hospital, and the Center for Great Expectations. Kathy is passionate about helping people through music, and her vision is that every treatment center will have a clinically integrated music program. Kathy, welcome back. Jeff, it's so great to be with you again. Thanks so much for having me. You know, last time we talked about the power of music to aid individuals' recovery, mostly from a 35,000-foot view, the wide-angle lens. Today, I'd like to learn about some of the specific of your works uh, so our listeners can get more of a practical view of the work that you do. Is that something you're comfortable with? Absolutely. Uh, So let's say that I want to incorporate a songwriting workshop into a program uh, as a recovery-focused group activity. Can you walk me through what that process looks like once you meet the group? Yes, I can. So I'm going to just tell you, I'm going to tell you what we do. And I'm also going to give some tips for what clinicians can do in their own practice that is not as involved as what what I'm going to start with here. So please stay tuned. If you listen to this and you feel overwhelmed, um, I have like a lot of simple, small ideas. In fact, you know what? I want to be of maximum service to your clinicians. So let me just start there if I might. I'll start with some simple ideas clinicians can use, and then I'll tell you what we do when we do a workshop. Sounds great. um, a simple way a clinician could use music, for example, if they're working with a client that is, wants to like be creating a mantra, something to remind themselves how to reset themselves if they're if they're feeling triggered or if they're feeling anxious or if they're feeling angry, is to create a musical mantra. And one of those examples, uh, maybe we'll get to later, to help people just take a very simple 
uh, expression and help themselves to slow down and to put it to music. They could even do it to a melody that they already know. Um, so like a mantra I use with some of my students is I am loved while I am learning because sometimes with perfectionists, right? They don't, they feel scared when they're making mistakes, when they're learning, but that's what learning is. And so we take that and put it to music for them so that they can remember that and they can breathe with it. Um, breathing mantras also can be really helpful if you put it to a melody because it just hooks in the brain and also you have to breathe while you're singing it. So that's a super simple way in, right? And if it rhymes, that's great, you know? Um, like you could say, like, love isn't something I have to earn. I am loved while I learn, right? And just just make a super two sentences that rhyme that someone can put to a melody. So that's a simple one. There's some great tools like a rhyming dictionary. You know, there's a hip hop rhyming dictionary and feel free anyone to contact me. I'd be happy to provide you links to all these resources. Um, another thing is to use free instrumentals that are up on YouTube. And again, we can provide you with a whole playlist of that complimentary um, there's so many free beats that are up there. And if you're using, if you're serving that 35 and under generation, I really encourage you to use hip hop in some way. So to put on a good instrumental, a rhyming dictionary, and then create some very simple prompts. Like here's two really good songwriting prompts, which is what I call the two sides of the coin, which is say, if you're going to write about acceptance, say acceptance is hard because, and if I had acceptance then, and have them write about that to the beat. A lot of people find it helpful to write with that beat going in the background. And then even to be able to recite it, even if they don't sing it. And then they could even record it on their phone if it's like a, an outpatient setting, you know, so that they have it and they can play it back for themselves. That's what I like about songwriting. Again, the songs that we've written have been streamed 46,000 times because people find it helpful to, to connect back to that. Um, also, it's always great to, um, act, you know, create action. So like another way a song could be is like past, present, future. Where I am now is, no, where I was was like this. Where I am now is like this. Where I want to go is like that. That's three sections. And what I'm going to need help with is, right? Very simple prompts. And I, we have done this with hundreds and hundreds of people and, and people have like no problem, um, you know, writing on that kind of a thing. So those are some super simple ways that you could have somebody, um, you could use it right in your practice. So I just wanted to, again, I'm here to be a maximum service to the clinician. So I wanted to put those out there first. And now I'll tell you what we do when we okay. do. Is that Can okay? I ask you a couple of questions about what you just said? Because there's some things that jumped out to me. Um, I'm here for you. One is I love the idea of, of the musical mantra. When you have something catchy, we all know how it sticks in your head whether you want it to or not sometimes. Is that part of the idea of the musical mantra that you know what's going to stick in someone's brain with the catchiness? Absolutely. And I have to tell you, like, part of what led me to this was my own experience with it. Um, I was at a meditation retreat and this drumming group from Maine, this women's drumming group came down and they did this musical mantra that I thought was so lame. And I'll just sing it for you quickly. It goes like this. All is well. All is well, all is well in my life. And it goes on from there. And I got to tell you what, Jeff, in times of stress, I have sung that thousands of times. And that's like, it, it, it really, really helped me, man. It helped me so much when I was scared and I didn't know what was going to be happening. So that's where I, I came to that. I mean, this is not my original idea, by the way. Let me just make that obvious. Um, you know, from chanting traditions, right? That the whole chanting tradition is the same thing, which is thousands of years old. Um, 
but it's a very simple, right? It's simple and it's catchy and, and it also puts you in your body. So that often is helpful to people for calming down and breathing. And also just from the, the neuroplasticity uh, mindset, right? Everyone's already using mantras anyway. It's just most people's mantras are, I'm screwed. This isn't going to work out. I don't know how to do this. I don't belong. I'm not good enough. Everyone's already using mantras. I'd like to make that point. So we can reprogram that and melody really helps. Uh, again, to me, that's fascinating. And I also liked how you broke down the kind of the songwriting process very, very, very simply in three different parts, you know, as an example. And that had never occurred to me that it could be so simple. Um, to me, it seemed like a very involved and difficult process. Uh, you just so I learned something already today just on that, that, um, that you can simplify it to meet the needs of, of the folks you're working with. And, and, you know, you're not working with producers and engineers and all that. other. You're really working in utero with people. And, and I love that idea. Yeah. Just one more thing I think I forgot to mention is another really simple songwriting tool. And by the way, songwriters, like I belong to several songwriters groups and we do exercises and practices and write off prompts all the time. All kinds of songwriters do that. It's a craft and it's kind of like putting a puzzle together and you just, but you can't put a puzzle together if you don't have any pieces. As soon as you make pieces, you can start to put the puzzle together. So um, which is just like recovery, right? We're just going to take some action and then we might have to edit or correct our action, but at least we're doing something new. Um, another really easy way in is to take a positive song that has a positive recovery hook, like Rise Up by Andre Day, right? That's a great one. And rewrite the verses. Have your clients rewrite the verses out of their own experience. Because then this is also like recovery. You're just filling the form, right? The melody's already there. The timing's already there. You have this, like I'm, I'm working with a group of clients that are going to write a goodbye song to their drugs. And we're using, I think it's an in sync song called Bye, Bye, Bye. And um, they're going to do a choreography to it, which is so good. Puts them in their body, helps them work as a group. But we're going to rewrite the verses. So they're each writing their own verse about saying goodbye to their drugs. So that's another very easy way. Take a song client loves and knows that has a positive verse, a positive chorus, and rewrite the verses in their own experience. And then you can easily get an instrumental, almost always, off of YouTube or iTunes. I always like buy it if I can because I want to support the artist. But you can easily get the instrumental and then re-record that even right on their phone. As you're saying this in my head, I'm thinking of Ricky Bird's, I prefer waking up to coming to and adding different things to that other than his lyrics. So it, 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 it's a tremendous process. It's not rocket science and it, it does have magical elements, but it's, there's like tools. So when you go in, let's get to that too as well. Uh, as you started, when you go into a program, how do you do your, your work? Okay, we do something crazy, which is we write, rehearse, and record an original song from nothing in two hours with up to 40 people. What? And we've done it hundreds of times. So we go in and we tell people, hey, we know you're not songwriters, you're not musicians. We're actually learning a set of recovery skills. And that's what all of the work of Music for Recovery is. It's creating opportunities for people to have hands-on experience with skills in the musical realm that directly translate to the recovery realm. So first we go over the gifts of the process, which are 
the gift of letting a process unfold. Just like recovery, songwriting, we're going to start with nothing as a group and take direction and go in the direction we want to go. And through this group action, the song will arise. The same way that when we have group working together in recovery, recovery arises between us, just like the music. Um, so we're going to also be working on repetition, letting ourselves not be perfect, do it more than one time. We're going to work on slowing down. Music creates such a brilliant and powerful opportunity and motivation for people to slow down. And so many people use behind anxiety because they feel like everything's going faster and they have to go faster. When people want to master a hip hop line, for example, we could take them from not being able to do it to being able to do it just by slowing down. And we talk about doing it in whale. I don't know if you saw the movie Finding Nemo, but at one point Dory is speaking in whale and she's like, almost everybody knows that. So we always use that example. Try it in whale. Um, we talk about the gifts of mistakes in the songwriting process. Often things happen by mistake that are totally cooler than what we were going for which is just like life, right? So many people, a DUI or a drunken driving arrest, like seemed like a mistake. They look back at it later. It was the best thing that could have happened. Or someone throwing them out of the house was a mistake, but it was the best thing that could have happened. So being relaxed about making mistakes also. We talk about mistakes are like chocolate chip cookies. Chocolate chip cookies were discovered by mistake. And so when people make a mistake, they often freeze, and their, their shoulders go up and they, they hold their breath. And we invite people in the songwriting process. Like if you make a mistake, look at it and go, are you a chocolate chip cookie? Because you might be. Um, we talk about the gift of the group. You know, that's one of the most powerful things about music programming is that it brings groups together. And so we have the more different kinds of people we have, the more different solutions we have. So survival as a species actually is, is like the more different kinds of people you have, the more options you have, right? And we see this a lot, um, that the group comes together so well and um, appreciates the differences among them. Uh, we talk about the gift of the walking in the unknown. A lot of times in songwriting, like recovery, we start out very strong. And then we get to a point where it seems like it's not working. And in that point, we just we have to learn to keep going, keep taking the action, even when it looks like it's not working. Um, the gift of being of service to others that we're also doing that. What if we write a song today that helps somebody else to get clean, you know, um, cause that could happen. And the gift of completion, finishing things. So many of us in, in our active addiction did not finish things. And so we finish the song every single time. So that's what we're really practicing. And we go over that with a group. We spend about 15 or 20 minutes. We have a lot of humorous examples, a lot of visuals to show that. And then we talk about what makes a song great. We think there's three things that make a song great. One, tell the truth. And we've had, tell the truth. That's, and we've seen this, you see this in recovery spaces all the time, that when you tell the truth, it makes everybody safer and it makes it all deeper. And I'll just tell you like one example I love. We did this song called About Faith at um, Wayside House in Florida. And they were writing about how do you have faith? How do you develop your faith? And this one girl, 18 years old, in the corner, totally pissed off, arms crossed, back to the wall. She says, I don't even know if I believe in faith right now. Because if there's a God, God let me down. And I was like, oh, that's a great first line. You know, we're like, don't, I don't even know if I believe in faith right now. If there's a God, God let me down. So that was like a great way into the door there. Tell the truth, paint a picture. 
Like, what did it look like? What did it feel like? What does it sound like? What color was it? What time of day was it? Where were you? Those are all the things in songwriting, the specificity that makes things universal, actually. And then lastly, um, songs do not help people if they suck. And that's our job in Music for Recovery. We're the, we're the quality control people. We'll make it, we'll make it work. Um, and then we usually pause and ask for some kind of creative spirit to come into the room. I have no idea what the higher power is but or how it works. I also don't know how my cell phone works. I use it all the time. So I don't have to know what it is. We try to align ourselves with the divine force of the universe. And then we ask the group to pick a topic. And we kind of like listen for the resonance in the room. We, we, we're, we're waiting for that place where someone says a topic and everyone goes, uh, like that, you know? So we pick a topic and then we have everybody write on some kind of prompt, often that two sides of the coin prompt. And then also, hopefully, if depending on the size of the group and the time frame, I also always want to try and get what's an action I can take. Like, for example, let's go to honesty. Like, it's hard to be honest because... If I could be honest then, and one thing that helps me to be honest is, like, what's an action I can take? Because we're super lucky with substance use disorder, like diabetes, that it's a disease that you can do something about. That's awesome. So we always want to remind people of that. We're not victims to substance use disorder. Uh, There's things we can do. So, and then we asked the group, what kind of music do you guys like? You know, um, We've also, we also have always like introduced everybody. Everyone's had a chance to introduce themselves and say, um, say something about themselves. And everyone has notebook and pencil. Um, we were big on multiple learning styles. Like there's different people process information differently. We have, sometimes we have people that need to pace in a group. They need to, they're kinesthetic thinkers. Um, so everyone has a notebook and a pencil and then people write on it on the two things. And then we go around and we have usually a projector, a, you know, an led screen or a projector. And uh, we have someone typing and we type up everything that everybody wrote so everyone can see it, which one thing that's very interesting there is uh, people relate to each other. Like people have the same experience and ideas. And we'd like to say in this group, this isn't plagiarism. This is identification. If like more than one person has the same idea, that's great. That means you guys identify with each other. Awesome. It also tells us that that's an important thing we should put in the song because more than one person had that experience or idea. So we do that. Um, and then I will often like to what call like a spiritual, like a lyrical chiropractory. We often will take like a five minute bathroom break at this point. You do two hour workshops, which by the way, clients usually say they wish were longer. Um, and I'll like kind of chiropract it into song form. Um, if it needs a rhyming, I'll work on the rhyming. If it needs just like structure, verse, chorus, bridge, um, uh, and then we'll come back and we'll, uh, we've asked people like, what do they like musically? And I'll either use GarageBand, which is on every Apple device, by the way, um, or play guitar. If there's a musician in the room, we try to utilize them as much of the time as possible. And so we get some music going, we have the lyrics going. Um, and what we do in songwriting is the same. There's so many similarities with recovery. We do not start with the impressive spot. We don't start with the sophisticated spot. We start with the most obvious place to start, which is often the chorus. And we have this, here's where the magic happens is we have the music and we have the lyrics, but nobody has sung this thing ever yet because it didn't exist an hour ago, which is something I love to point out to people because in recovery, you don't know what's coming, right? People walk in, there's a lot of skepticism, by the way, with what we do. My favorite evaluation is we thought this was going to be awful. It was amazing. Um, 
And then someone gets up and starts to sing it. And then we go from there, you know? And a lot of times what will happen is we go by what we call the, um, the John Lennon and Paul McCartney had a deal. They said, if you're in the room, you're a co-writer because there's no way to really say in music exactly how things come to be. Some people just contribute one little thing. Somebody has like an idea and someone builds off that and someone else builds off that. And it's the third idea that gets used. But if we didn't have the first idea, we never would have gotten there. So, and this is the place where people start to step out of their comfort zone, sometimes in really magical ways. Um, And they sing it and then we start recording it. And then we just build from there. Just even up to that point, when you're doing that, there were a couple of things that kind of jumped into my mind. Um, in social work school, I was a group work major. So the group process obviously is very important to me. And we know the the importance of connection for recovery, that, that no person is an island unto themselves, especially in recovery. We we want to rely and, and, and have others to to kind of support us and that we can also support them. So I think the group process of of what's happening in the joining ultimately, you know, the 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 joining, norming, performing, adjourning, all of that stuff going on is really important because it helps us understand what it's like to get into a situation or be in a, a relationship that has a certain specific need and then also exit that relationship appropriately as well. I think that that's important. We know how to break. Um, but also the fact that it's a parallel process, the songwriting, to to skill learning and skill development for an individual's recovery. I had shared with you before that at the New England Institute of Addiction Studies, we had a workshop where we were taught how to juggle and then how we would pass that information on to others. And it really is the same process, although they didn't say that. It's, we're just gonna teach you to juggle because it's fun. And then at the end of it, it was talking about what that does. So when we're bringing in that whole neuroplasticity a concept. It's it's just really important, and I, to me, it's it's incredible that you can do this with forty people in the room. Um, well, forty is a little excessive, but but we actually wrote one of our best songs ever with forty people. Um, the other thing I want to say about that in the group is that the way we do groups is we never go by popcorn or by a show of hands. We go one at a time, all the way around the room, because introverts are amazing and are probably not going to raise their hand. But when we create enough of a sense of safety and also totally the opportunity to pass and then change your mind about passing, that happens a lot. Um, you know, we did this song at, um, we did this song at Goslon on Cape Cod that, uh, you know, this guy who volunteered to sing was like definitely the least likely candidate uh, to do that. And, um, and when he did sing, maybe I'll play that clip for you later. I know there's another clip you want to play, but he, the whole group stood, he was shaking, he was detoxing so bad and he was shaking so hard. And the whole group stood in a half circle behind him and sang the lyrics. And when we play the clip, you can hear they're like a half second ahead of him, but they wanted him on the mic. And um, it was one of the most beautiful group support things I've ever witnessed. And people were talking about, it. I ran into people like years later and they're like, remember that day with Dave? I'm like, I do, yeah. So, yeah, that's yeah, an incredible uh, effect of what you do that that it reaches different people in different ways and um, helps introverts express themselves in a very personal way, which is really difficult for almost anybody. So, for somebody who's introverted and dealing with 
issues of uh, withdrawal and the things that that individual was dealing with, um, you know, for a brief, that's a brief respite uh, from all of that to be able to express themselves. Right. And I think seeing their lyrics up on the screen is very helpful. And it's not uncommon that sometimes somebody will have a brilliant idea because that's the other thing is, you know, introverts have great ideas. There's no correlation between being extroverted and being intelligent. Like there's brilliant introverts and we don't miss their gifts. But a lot of it's not uncommon that they'll put their words out there and then ask someone else to sing them for them. And that's you know, another really I, beautiful point. I agree wholeheartedly about the introvert because they may not speak, but they see. And, and you know, there was an old uh, an old adage that you never worried about the loud mouth. You always worried about the quiet person because they knew something that somebody else didn't. Um, and that was the person that, that you kind of, you know, let do their thing. It's the same kind of process. Just because they're not speaking doesn't mean they're not taking it all in and their mind isn't is developing anything. Right. Can I play you that clip? Would you like, let me be host for a second and play you that clip? Yeah, like absolutely. Give me just one second and let's go to that, that clip. I feel like bad about talking about it and not playing it. Um, hang on a second. Where is that? You should be all set. You should be. And I should have that clip right here. Hang on one second, please. Uh, so I'll just tell you that they decided to write about having a second chance. And because a lot of those people had had a second chance and when it came around to this guy, he said in his lyrics, he said, here I am again, just like heartbroken, you know. And, I listened um, to this this morning. Yeah, it's powerful. Yeah. And so this is this guy, Dave. Here I am again Here I am again Scared and uncertain, can I do it? Where do I go from here? This is my 15-second chance Where do I go from here? Yeah just you can hear them all singing and supporting him, you know. You can almost hear the shaking oh, in his voice. Totally. And, and that could be from what he's experiencing physically, or it could be from what he's experiencing emotionally singing those words. Right. But to watch him, he was sitting in the corner with his head down, his elbows on his knees, and he's holding his hands away. Sometimes people do when they're detoxing because he's shaking so bad. And he, he he gave us the first line, right? When we got to him, he's like, here I am again. So when we got all the way ready to record and, he, and we just said, who would like to try to sing this? And he said, I'll do it. Well, that was magic. And, uh, you know, in the group of all those individuals in treatment, that raised his stature as well. People look at him differently so first impressions change when you see a different side of people so there's an incredible power in that as well that happens all the time absolutely you know one of the things we know about group work is that there's a period of time where there's some kind of some power and control issues that may happen not usually not you know really out there but just some little ones 
but that was a way where he could express his power within the group um, that others may not have seen. But And also the group expressed their love of him. Like that was the thing. Like they made it possible. They literally, that, that was recovery in action, right? Like he was trying something new out of his comfort zone and they literally surrounded him, stood behind him, had his back and guided him by singing that half second ahead of him. You know, it was everything that recovery is. And they all felt proud of themselves too, right? Because this is this gift that recovery gives us is to allow us to be of service to each other. So it was great for everybody. Yeah, just I, I, I'm listening to his voice and I'm just imagining the what you described and, and how that went. Uh, very powerful stuff and a lesson for everybody. If I try something... If I take a calculated risk with support, that's how I'm going to grow. And, right. And learning, our, you know, the folks that we work with are very good at taking risks that aren't very calculated while they're using. Right. So learning how to do and take those calculated risks is really important to living a, a kind of a healthy life. You've got to try things. hundred um, percent. I'd like to talk about one particular song. Um, and I'm going to ask you to play it um, yes. since you're the host um, from your greatest hits, which was done, you know, almost four and a half years ago at Miller house up on Cape Cod and Falmouth. Um, and the song is together. We can walk through the pain. Right. Can you play that song? Yes, I can. I think this is it. Here we go. We are Cheap. 
striking with that song is is not just this you know it's kind of a mix of styles and different things come in which is really what we see in a lot of popular music today we see different mixing of styles and things what was the focus of that song really jumped out of me because you know in our society so many young men are conditioned um not to even admit that that's psychological pain in their lives let alone talk about it. And uh, so the psychological pain and injury, these guys just didn't talk about it. These guys sang about it. And the the power of them doing it as a group really is, sh- is what the song says. They're sharing the pain and moving through it. Uh, that connection to others, I just think, can't be overstated. And I think you were reliving the process, the songwriting process as well, as I was watching you, um, your head going and and the facial expressions, I think it brought back, you know, you could see it clearly. Right. I want to say, first of all, you know, we are like, we're the people that bring in the buckets of glitter. And that program uh, is a wonderful program. And they do a lot to foster connectivity between the men. And that's one reason I think, I think just gender specific programming offers so much for both genders, particularly with the men. We see so much more ability to be vulnerable, which is so important. Um, But what I love about that song also is the mix of the genres is important because it reflects the mix of the group. So we have a lot of songs that honor multiple genres and that's a way to bring the group together. Um, Also, hopefully you can hear the fun Also, when there's the rapping verses, there's up to four men rapping at the same time. And so they have to very synchronize themselves. They have to they have to be very in tune with each other to do that in time. They have to be watching each other and they have to be listening to each other. And those are exactly the qualities that we need for groups to function well. Right. We have to be listening together. Um, And then you can hear some of the creative play, right, where they start doing these echoey parts and like they have this creative ideas that, again, this is why songwriting is like recovery. You can't create something until you have something to edit. Right. You have to take some action and then edit it. And so, yeah, that's that's a I love this work. (laughs) What were you seeing on the faces of those men as they were going through performing? Well, first of all, I'd like to say that. 95% of the people we work with have no musical background or experience, right? So those are men who do not sing. They've never sung together before that moment. Um, And they are stoked. 
they are so proud of themselves. And this is in a, this like side room of Miller house. It, like it was a porch and then they like, you know, like walled it in. And um, so it's this long, narrow room. And these guys are like all standing around each other. Some of them standing up on chairs. They have their arms around each other and they are, they're thrilled, man. And they're happy. And they stay in Miller house. They get like a three day bounce in the house after we're there because they have so much fun working as a group like that. And having a finished product, I just want to say that too, like it matters to me. And I think it matters, it's mattered 46,000 times so far that people have streamed their songs post-treatment to have a finished product. Also, because it helps you to like, remember back to that time, explain that time to your family, remember the lessons that you learned um, and have something hooky to sing. So yeah, it's so fun. And the sense of completion, as you had mentioned earlier, when people are actively uh, using and, and out, you know, on the street or wherever they were doing their thing, completing anything is not really a priority, but they carry that, that feeling of, of lack of success with them. And this is a chance to be successful. Absolutely. And for anybody who shows up, that's start of them being successful. And I think, you know, that's an important aspect as well. Um, what are some of the things that you see that make the groups that you work with unique? Um, can you say more about that question? Sure. I mean, what are some of the, the uniqueness in the groups, you know, the differences and, and how every group is, is a little bit different than the other, you know, what are some of the things that you notice in specific groups? Like you mentioned gender specific uh, programming where you, the vulnerability and, and things are different. What do you see between some of the different groups? And well, I know I it's, think, it's kind of generalizing and I don't okay. really like I to do that. I've got it. Um, I think the men in, in the male only groups, we tend to see what I would assume is uh, a larger degree of vulnerability and honesty and also cooperation. There's just a lot. And honestly, in all these groups we do, I'm so humbled all the time by people under these very stressful circumstances um, in a vulnerable time in their life, being so supportive of each other. Uh, in the women, uh, we see, we try to create a space for women to step into their power. Like we want women to blossom and, and feel their power and feel their bodies and come back into themselves. Um, so, and with the adolescents, I would say, you know, um, I work with some pretty traumatized adolescents and um, to watch, I mean, I cannot tell you, I've been in some facilities that were, you were just not going to expect that what they were going to be playing was like a million dreams from the greatest showman or let it go from frozen. Um, I think for the adolescents, one of the things I love to see the best is like when they become more playful and more childlike, because a lot of those kids have had to grow up a lot faster than, than they were expecting. So, uh, with the kids, like I have, again, I saw this, I have this video that I can't show anybody, but, um, I did it for these like 17 year old girls and who did this thing for, from frozen and it was hysterical, but they were like so playful, you know, and had so much fun. So I'd like to make sure that our listeners have the opportunity to to hear more of the music. Um, before we talk about where that can be accessed, you had mentioned earlier to me that you had some music that you really wanted to kind of play and tell a story about the process. 
Anything else that you want to uh, kind of play for us and tell us about? Uh... Yeah. So, you know, going back to that mantra thing, I, I wanted to play this. So this is also from Miller House. I have a, a couple different clips I'll play you. But this one, what I like about this one is that they were learning, most of them for the very first time, about mindfulness. And the thing about mindfulness, like so many things in recovery, is there's kind of a recipe for it, right? There's a specific actions you could take. So when they wrote this song, they wrote the recipe for mindfulness into the song and it tells them what to do. You know, it says like, stop. Um, it says, stop, breathe deep, be quiet, slow down, step back, show respect, keep your feet on the ground. So when they sing the song, they're reminding themselves of what they learned in all the mindfulness workshops that they did. So this, just check this one out. Okay. The rain whipping in the wind, like the open door on a hinge, like a little boy crying life is such a sin. Someone, can you show me where do I begin? Stop, breathe deep, be quiet, slow down, step back, show respect. I keep my feet on the ground. I use the power of words to spread the music of love. Forget the bad that I heard, now I got it from above. Aware of my feelings at the time, I'm feeling them. Just take a step back, let reason be how I deal with them. Aware of my feelings at the time, I'm feeling them. Just take a step back, let reason be how I deal with them. So what I like about that clip also is, you know, there's music offers a lot of opportunities. Like there's that spoken word piece right up at the front, right? And um, he's not singing, he's not rapping. And, and we've had so many experience with, with people that don't write, haven't written, you know, and then, and then write something like that and deliver it. I apologize it, for my dog writing her own song. Siobhan. <laughs> it's okay. I, I totally feel you. I'm hoping my cats aren't going to show up and start complaining. Um, so, and also the sense of mastery, right? You can hear that guy going like, aware of my feelings at the time that I'm feeling with them. Just take a step back. Let reason be how I deal with them. And he he's owning that. Right. So that's another thing. It lets people be competent and feel like they can do something that they didn't even think they were going to do when they got up that morning, you know? So, and that's just, by the way, there's no person playing saxophone. That's just garage band. Um, oh, that's so, great. Yeah. Um, so one of the other things we were talking about before is how it brings groups together. And I'd like to play this little example of a lounge song we wrote um, because we were working at Alina Lodge and it's just not uncommon to have like 22 year old heroin or opiate addicts and 65 year old alcoholics in the same group, right? Mm -hmm. The ways that we can help those people relate to each other is that the older women wanted to do something like Frank Sinatra. The younger women were like, Who's Frank Sinatra? <laughs> <laughs> and so we were writing a song about slow briety, about slowing down. And um, so we did this one. This is, and they, they actually, to create the lounge thing, they actually went to the dining room of the treatment center and got like cups and forks and knives to bang on the cups. So it sounds like you're in like a lounge zone. So this is a really fun one. And, but the thing is, the main singers on this are those 22 and 24 year olds who didn't even know what this kind of music was. And now they're killing it on it. So check this out. 
to the Lena Lounge. We'll be here all year long. So it was a great way for them to like, you know, cross pollinate and respect each other and, and learn from each other and have fun together, which I think is also, I, I didn't say that this time, but having people have fun in a recovery activity is so important because it gives people a felt sense of joy, you know, a felt sense of having fun together. And we tell them they're going to be happy, joyous and free, but early recovery is pretty brutal. Um, and so I think it's really important and shouldn't be underestimated. Um, if they could be learning recovery skills, the other thing is the fun is like the spoonful of sugar that makes the medicine go down. Yeah. Somebody's willing to repeat something 10 times or slow down significantly if it means they're going to be able to master that musically. So that was just a fun song. I couldn't stop smiling just kind of listening to it. Oh, it's, it's so fun. Yeah, I'm just playing you the clips, but the whole song, it's great. They start scatting. They didn't even know what scatting was. So um, I just, I have a couple more clips if you're open to that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So this one, um, I had the opportunity uh, to work someplace that we built a full studio for them. And we had this group of people that played music and we wrote this song together with them. And so this is a band. Um, these people are like about 17 and um, I just want to play some different genres of music because I think it's important. And so this is called Live Just For Today. And um, here we go. So, yeah, that was really fun. And if you, again, you hear how close those people are singing together, you have to listen to each other and you have to be connected to each other to be able to sing like that. Um, so I'll just say, say, say something briefly about hip hop. Like this is like not a modern hip hop uh, example I'm going to play for you. Um, I do have some modern hip hop examples, but I'm going to play you this one because I like this clip because it's a client beatboxing. It's a client playing guitar. And they got this really hooky uh, chorus they made for themselves. We wrote this uh, in two hours with a group of young adults in, at the park, which is in Houston. It's a, a treatment center out in Houston. And um, so I, I love this and um, because of those reasons. Again, just for any like real hip hop aficionados, this is like a 90s throwback. Don't think I think this is like a 2021 <laughs> hip hop take. I know it's not. If I want to change, I'm changing my mood. 
Comfort is a game of emotions played in the brain. A chance to make a change if it isn't taken in vain. So, the other thing yeah, I want to say... Completely different feel, different group, completely different style of music. Topic, very different. I, I, you know, well, I think it's endless. What we, we, we walk in with nothing, like 99% of the time, and the topic arises from the group, and the genre arises from the group. And that's important, because they can see that, like, there's, no, there's nothing happening behind the curtain. We're all doing this live together. Um, the other thing I think that is um, important about that is that, like, yeah, meeting people where they're at, right? If they love hip-hop, we're not going to do rock. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I think that, you know, with the work that you do, uh, you'd never run out of things to do because there's so many options, so many factors that can come into the, you know, where people's differences can come and be and, and help the group join together. I mean, it's the way it's supposed to be in life, isn't it? That we all have differences and that's what makes us stronger. And I think that you're, you're doing that, especially when you looked at the Alina Lodge one and played that, you know, there are different generations, different ideas on things, but came together for something in, important. Which is exactly what we do in recovery. You know, the last thing I just want to say about that is, you know, the work that Dr. John Kelly did from the Recovery Research Institute at Harvard Medical School, he said that um, songwriting bypasses a lot of the defenses of the brain. And that's another thing. We've seen so many examples of people write about something that they're not talking to their therapist about yet. And so people really, it's a really good self-discovery and way to express themselves. And it- you know, I'm I'm fascinated with what you do. I, I, you know, want to keep up with what's going on. But for our folks that are listening, um, and they may have an interest in working with you, which I hope that we're able to do that, that this drums up some more interest uh, in what you do. How can they contact you? Uh, our website is musicforrecovery.com, and that's all spelled out, the letter for F-O-R, musicforrecovery.com. And I'm just Kathy, K-A-T-H-Y, at musicforrecovery.com. And if I remember correctly from looking at your site, you have links to other, uh, to access other opportunities and more music and things like that. Yeah. Everything's on the website. Yep. Um, oh, and I also wanted to say for clinicians, we have, pl- I've made playlists both on Dropbox and on the website that if you wanted to, A, if you wanted to do that group, I can't remember if I mentioned that. I might not have mentioned that. We created some very simple groups that you could run using songs that we've written and then prompt sheets for your clients and with a clinician guide that's up on the website in the clinician's corner. And there's also a playlist of free license, free instrumentals. We've also made a whole Dropbox playlist of instrumentals. Um, so if you wanted to, uh, any of that stuff, please reach out to me and happy to get that to you. And again, all that's available at musicforrecovery.com or .org? Com. .com or, uh, you can reach her at Kathy with a K at musicforrecovery.com. Um, before I forget, I do want to mention that you have a couple of events scheduled here in Connecticut. Um, one being with our program sponsor, Mountainside. Yeah, and, and you know, one with just... High Watch Recovery Center. Uh, I'm glad that agencies here in Connecticut are are using the services to to help their clients, and um, it's always good that with the, so many of our listeners being here in Connecticut, that they they see that that there are practical applications happening right here in our own state. Right. Well, I'd like to also give a shout out to Mountainside. Sure. Um, I've been working with them. They're just like they're so above and beyond, and 
particularly if you have the opportunity to do one of their virtual open houses. I went to the virtual open house they did for the Ramsey IOP that they opened in New Jersey. It was one of the most well done virtual events I have ever experienced. They, they just, they thought of everything. It was like, it was charming. It was informative. It was smooth. Uh, it was really well done. And then they sent you a beautiful little thank you, handwritten thank you letter. That that place is really doing stuff great. And I'm very proud to be associated with them and working with them. And that's great. Thank you for saying that because um, we're certainly appreciative of all they do and, and for helping us bring all this to bear, uh, you know, with their contribution to us. And they've, they've always supported the CCB. We, we credential a number of their staff. So uh, it really is a solid, solid organization that's doing great things. Uh, Kathy, before we close, anything you, you want to say? I want to thank you so much for this opportunity and invite any clinician. If you have any questions or want to run something by me or need some support, our mission is that every treatment center would have evidence-based clinically integrated music programming. That doesn't mean that we're going to do it, but we happy. I mean, we're happy to do it, but we're here to support people to be able to start to do that in their own practice. Please don't hesitate if there's some way I could be of service. Thanks very much. And thank you for joining us. I'd, I'd like to encourage anybody to check the website or to reach out to Kathy if you have questions. Um, I know from experience that she gets back to you very quickly um, and, and can be a tremendous help. So that's going to do it for this episode of Scope of Practice. Uh, I'd like to thank Kathy Moser for joining us. And I look uh, forward to continuing getting more information from her about the uh, songwriting process. We want to extend our gratitude to Mountainside Treatment Center for their generous support. And we here at the Connecticut Certification Board, we really appreciate everyone who's listening. Please don't forget to follow this podcast on Podbean, iTunes, or your favorite podcast application. I actually listen to it on Amazon. Uh, and we'll catch you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye.